Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. How crazy at times. It sounds like... You yell back at your radio. What are you talking about? What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now, he gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. It is Sparky's Midday Madness. No Steve Sparky Pfeiffer today, as you could tell if you've been listening to the last four hours of the Wendy's Big Show. Toby Altizer hanging out with you there, doing a great job. But now I'm taking over Dan Plucker for the next four hours here on 1250 AM. The fan in for Sparky's Midday Madness and in for the Rambi Show next. So we're just going to call this, I don't know, the Dan Plucker Show for the next four hours. It's not really what it is, but I'm here for the next four hours. So... Thanks to Toby for hanging out. Adam Roberts, other side of the glass, too, as the producer today. He's been here for a while as well. A little, little short-staffed here in the holiday season, and that's quite all right. We're, we're grinding. We're having a great time, uh, Adam. You, you've been here for we're a few Monday hours Warriors, already. Man. Oh, yeah, we're Monday Warriors, and we'll be Warriors all week, it looks like. I'll be producing tomorrow because Toby, who you just heard for four hours, back on the air hosting Bart's show tomorrow. I'll be producing that show for him because somebody has to do it, and it'll be me, and we'll have a fun four hours tomorrow with you as well. So lots of Toby, lots of Dan Plucker in the holiday season, lots of Adam Roberts. It's 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 uh the three stars of the fan if if you'd have it. And we've got a great couple of hours here for you coming up in the next few hours of the show. Dan Plucker again in for Sparky and in for Rami today. We're going to uh recap Aaron Rodgers breaking that record, becoming the quarterback with the most touchdown passes in Packers history. Uh, And that'll come up in the four o'clock hour of the show. We'll hear from Aaron Rodgers from up in green Bay as well. When he uh, talked after the game about all those comments, beating the record, what it meant to him hearing from Brett Favre even. And then he gets into something that's very interesting. And we'll be bringing that up in the second half of this hour as Devontae Adams. He mentions is maybe the best player he's ever played with. Are you buying that? That comes up in a few hours as well. Gary Ellerson from the big show, former Packer and Badger running back will join us at 345. And we'll talk about Razul Douglas's pick. We'll talk about this Packers win over the Browns on Christmas Day. We'll get into the Bucks win on Christmas Day as well. Lots to talk about. Lots to come here in the show on Midday Madness and the Rami show, which Dan Plucker in for both of those shows and with you for the next four hours here on 1250 AM, the fan. But first I just have to know, should the Packers win over the Browns have been that hard? Like, and I know Rami did this last week after the Ravens went on the Rami show right after midday madness here. He said, should, should the win over the Ravens have been that hard? And, and I'm asking the exact same question this week with the Cleveland Browns. Because last week against the Ravens, a a similar tale, lots of injuries, Lamar Jackson not playing, a little bit of COVID here and there. And this week against the Browns, same thing, injuries and COVID maybe depleting the Browns roster a little bit. The Browns coming off a week where they were maybe the most 
the team that was most des- devastated by COVID. I mean, they had what, like 20 players on their COVID list at one point last week, heading into their their game last week. And now this week, Baker Mayfield gets activated, hadn't practiced at all. Miles Garrett, their best defensive player, was injured and was playing hurt. Rodgers admitted that himself, that he could tell that Garrett was not Miles Garrett in this game. And Baker Mayfield threw four picks, four interceptions, and the Packers won by two, two points. I mean, should it really have been that hard? This Packers team, when after hearing all of those things, Baker Mayfield, COVID all week, not sure if he's going to play, and not to mention, he's also hurt and has been in a sling for the last several weeks with his left shoulder that has been hurt for Again, several weeks, and now he comes into this game, gifts you four interceptions, was 21 of 36, so he was right around 50% passing as well. And that team, with all of those injuries and their quarterback being hurt and coming off of COVID, almost beat you, was within a possession of beating you, and thankfully four interceptions and the last coming from Razul Douglas being the game winner. I mean, should it have been that hard? 414-799-1250 to join me and Dan Plucker here on the Rami Show. Actually, sorry, on Sparky's Midday Madness, the Rami Show, I'll probably have that. This is going to probably times. happen a couple times Adam, today. But, but give me your thoughts. I mean, Adam, you were here yesterday or on uh, Saturday, Saturday for, yes, for the Christmas Day game producing the Green Gold Post game show. I was here as well. And talking with Gary that whole time, you heard our thoughts. It, it was it, it was surprising that it took that long for the Packers to win this game and, and that it was that close by the time this thing ended. I'm more surprised, and I'll just pile right on top of it. I'm surprised they got only 24 points against a defense whose best player was a shell of his usual self. I mean, Miles played, but he was not 100% Miles Garrett. And the offensive line, despite losing Yash, played amazingly once again. No sacks allowed, and they only put up 24 points. That was a head-scratcher, and I, I kept it to myself while we were getting ready to produce the postgame show. But I thought that as you were kind of breaking it down with Gary... How are they only able to score 24? I predicted they'd get about four scores, but that's when I thought Miles and Baker are going to play, and they're going to play at least somewhat decently well, but neither Neither one did. Baker, certainly not. Yeah, I mean, throwing four interceptions in a game, that's one of your worst games of your career, hopefully. Hopefully, that's one of the worst games of your career. Throwing four interceptions, and in Baker's young career, this was one of his worst starts. And, And then you look at the other team's in similar situations this week with as the Green Bay Packers, you look at Tampa Bay playing the Panthers who are in a weird situation of Cam Newton and Sam Darnold. And, and they're not all right right now either. Christian McCaffrey has been hurt for the majority of the season, some injuries on that defense and just a messy, messy season for Carolina and Tampa Bay rolls over them. It's not close. And then we saw the debacle last night on Sunday night football between the Washington football team and the Cowboys. Someone needs to check on Toby. Uh, Yeah, I know. I forgot to talk to him when he was in here. He's gone now, but I'll have to bring that up with him tomorrow when I'm with him on Bart's show. But I mean, they're throwing punches on the sideline, like the same team throwing punches on the sideline. Ron Rivera looks like a mess. The Washington football team decimated by COVID last week too in their locker room. And and in a very similar situation to this Browns team with a lot of players coming back in the last minute and the Dallas Cowboys made them look like a junior varsity high school football team on Sunday night football, national television. It was an embarrassment 42 to seven at half at half. So, so teams in similar situations in the NFC that you're looking at, playing teams that in previous weeks had COVID issues, have been struggling at the quarterback position, all of these different things, and the Buccaneers and Cowboys roll. It's not close. But your Green Bay Packers win 24-22 to over the Cleveland Browns, who are in a very similar predicament as the Washington football team and the Panthers over the last two weeks. I I just can't, I, I can't explain it. The, the offense completely shut down in the second half and, and late in this football game. The, the first half, thankfully, they picked off Baker Mayfield three times because they scored after each of those possessions. After all three of those interceptions, the Packers went down the field and scored. 
And that's what gave them the 21 to 12 lead at the halftime break. But when these are your possessions in the second half, 11 plays, 75 yards and a field goal, three and out punt, three and out punt, five play drive punt, and then the end of the game. If you're a Super Bowl hopeful in this situation, you have to be better than that. In this situation, on Christmas Day, at home, in the cold, you have to be better than what they were in this football game. And it's it's disappointing. It's frustrating. And I want to open it up to you at 414-799-1250 to join me, Dan Plucker, filling in for Sparky on Sparky's Midday Madness here on 1250 AM, The Fan. Should it have been this hard? I don't think that this game should have been this close. And all week long, we were hearing from people that join this show and the big show. Ross Tucker said the Packers should absolutely blow out the Browns. People were picking the Packers as seven and a half point favorites was the spread throughout the course of the week. And everybody was expecting this Packers team to win and potentially dominate this football game. And we saw far from that in this contest. 414-799-1250. It's Dan Plucker here on Sparky's Midday Madness. We'll get to you and more coming up next here on 1250 AM, The Fan. It is Sparky's Midday Madness, but no Steve Sparky Pfeiffer today. It's Dan Plucker filling in for him and with you for the next three hours and 45 minutes here on 1250 AM, The Fan. I'll be in for Rami on The Rami Show, too, so we'll just call this whatever this is. Sparky's Midday Madness right now in The Rami Show in about uh, 45 minutes from right now. But all me. All me, Dan Plucker, with you at 414-799-1250. What's up? Well, I was just going to say, I'm going to continue workshopping for the next 45 minutes what we should start calling this when you fill in for Sparky. It's got to be something, some alliteration, Dan's D-word something, D-word something. Okay. All right. Make up an alliter- alliteration. I like that, Adam. And, and we'll we'll keep it rolling for you. Talking about this Packers game on Christmas Day as they win 24-22 to over the Browns, but it was in all but not convincing fa- fashion. It was not a convincing victory for the Green Bay Packers, despite four interceptions and this offense with, you know, a guy we were talking about as a potential MVP, Aaron Rodgers, who broke records. We'll get to that later in the show. And Devonte Adams, who broke records. We'll get to that later in the show. But late in this game where they could have pulled away and won this thing, they were not the Packers offense was not working. Whatever they were doing was not working. And there were plenty of mistakes across the board from the offense. Now that's not, it's not like that's the first time this has happened where the offense has suddenly disappeared and they haven't been able to close out games because I looked to the last few weeks, they're on a four game winning streak, which is phenomenal. It's great. But in each of the last four weeks, they have not closed games. Well, they have not finished games. Well, this week against the Browns, you look back to that Baltimore Ravens game last week, where it looked like they probably should have pulled away in that one too when the offense kind of sputtered. They had a 14-point lead at one point, and then the offense sputtered and the Ravens came back and nearly won the game had they gotten a two-point conversion with a backup quarterback. And then you look to the Bears game where, yes, they, they wound up kind of blowing them out, but late in that football game, the Bears kind of made a, made a late push. Were they ever in it technically? Not really. Uh, But they started off really slow and they ended slow. You got the onside kick, all these different things in that Bears game. And you look back to the Rams even on Thanksgiving weekend and a very similar case. The Rams score 11 unanswered points in the fourth quarter and make it a one touchdown game where had they gotten an onside kick, they're right there too. The Packers have to find ways to close football games. That's what good and great teams do. And as of late, they have 100% not been doing that. And that, and that is an issue. That's a problem. You don't want teams hanging around because if you get into this knack of letting teams hang around, good teams will hang around and make those comebacks. That's what good and great teams will do. And you can do it against the Browns where Baker throws four picks and is injured and their defense is suspect the entire game. And you can do that against a backup quarterback and Tyler Huntley. But when that's Tom Brady or Matthew Stafford potentially, or some of these other quarterbacks in the NFC, Dak Prescott, these good teams with high-powered offenses coming in to Green Bay, the way it stands right now, coming into Green Bay, they will complete those comebacks, and they will win those games. And I think that's what 
we have to focus on here. Because like Gary said on the Green and Gold postgame show on Friday, if you miss it, you can listen on the Odyssey app or on BigShowNetwork.com. It's, it's not as much about winning anymore. Packer fans, in the regular season, the wins are not as important anymore. I mean, obviously, you have to win games to get to the playoffs. I get it. I get it. But but just watching a team win by two or three points is not worth it anymore to Packer fans. The expectation, the bar is raised higher. When we're talking all season long about Aaron Rodgers being an MVP candidate, when we're talking all season long about this team being a Super Bowl contender, this being the last dance, well, they have to treat every game like it is important, and they have to pull away from some of these teams that are going through these issues. Let's go out to the phone at 414-799-1250. Talk to Nathan in Pewaukee. You're with Dan Plucker here on Sparky's Midday Madness. Nathan, give me your thoughts. Well, uh, what's good, Dan? Um, I agree with you 100%. And um, I, I was also on the big show, um, and I said, uh, we got to look at this offense and the slow starts and finishing games because, um, say for – you, the defense gave up two hundred five. Okay, that's not that's not great. That's not good, and that they need to improve on that. But think about it: if Aaron Rodgers comes out at halftime, throws a tub, throws a touchdown, do they still run the ball as much as they do? Probably not. Um, if if they if they go down on another drive and score, do they they definitely can't run the ball because then they're behind. The, you we look at this offense and we'd be like, if they if they could put together one or two drives in that game, it takes them out of what they want to do, and they the defense probably doesn't give up two hundred five. And then also, you got to think about when you're going on three and out, the the pass rush is tired. You you go you send out the pass rush. They go sit on the bench, and then you go figure it out. Then you sit on the tight right. pass out there. And Nick Chubb is a load. Mm-hmm. A load. One of the best running backs in the league. And it's not like their offensive line is any joke, neither. They got some good guys on that offensive line. So you're sending a tired pass rush, tired line out there to try to stop one of the best running backs in the game. They're going to give up. They're going to give it up. And then – I don't, I don't, I don't know about you, but I take Nick Chubb over any, any, um, any uh, corner or any safety in the league. Huh, well, yes. <laughs> any, any, any one of them. So now you got them. Now you got the guys breaking tackles and stuff like that. So I just feel like if the offense can either, either chew up the clock enough to where they're forced to have to throw the ball, or just score to where. The defense is not out there time after time after time again. This is something not the offense needs to clean up. For sure. Nate, thanks for the call. And the here's the thing about this Browns team and this Ravens team, and it's why I'm not 100% panicking on all this. Because what the Browns and the Ravens do is so different than the rest of the league that are in the playoff hunt or in the playoffs. There are so few teams in the NFL that run the football the way that the Cleveland Browns and the way that the Baltimore Ravens do. I mean, there's one of one in the NFL in Lamar Jackson. There's no other quarterback in the NFL today right now that runs an offense and plays like Lamar Jackson does and like Tyler Huntley then did in the Lamar Jackson role last week with the Baltimore Ravens. That that the pure focus for the team on moving the football is with a dynamic runner, whether it's Lamar Jackson in the slurry of running backs in Baltimore or with this Cleveland team with Nick Chubb. And and we talk about as Packer fans and Packer analysts here in this market on this radio station in the cold, AJ Dillon is a monster and, and he's tough to talk tough to tackle. He's tough to deal with because he's a big bodied running back that can give body blow after body blow after body blow. And now you bring in a running team like that into Lambeau field in the Cleveland Browns on Saturday on Christmas day. And Nick Chubb is the superior version of AJ Dillon. He's one of the top, probably five running backs in, in the NFL when he's healthy and is that big body bodied running back that probably closest thing 
to, you know, the Derrick Henry. Everybody wants to compare every big running back to Derrick Henry, but he's probably the closest thing to that ilk in the NFL right now. And not every team has that offensive line like the Ravens, like the Browns, and not every team in the NFL has running backs or run, running quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson, Tyler Huntley, and the running backs throughout the course that we've seen the last two weeks. That's pure focus is on running the football. And that's what is against this Joe Barry defense. This Joe Barry defense is focused on not allowing those deep ball passes. And that's what a lot of defenses are transitioning into in this national football league to stop quarterbacks like Tom Brady and like Patrick Mahomes, who just pick apart defenses all day long and they run the ball kind of, but their main focus is through the air. That's more of the teams that the Packers are focused on slowing down. And that's why it's worked against those teams too. But, but now you have that different looking offense, a different looking team coming in like the Browns, like the Ravens that run the football and this defense doesn't look as good. So I expect once we get back into some of those teams, maybe the Vikings next week, maybe the lions the week prior that have a slightly different in terms of talent in those areas, it'll be a different story. Maybe the Vikings is a little different because they have a Dalvin cook when he's healthy is great and they have a great passing attack as well, but they looked interesting against the Rams. We'll get into that conversation later on in the show too. Let's go out to some more calls at 414-799-1250. Should the win against the Browns have been this hard? Because I don't think it should have been that difficult with all the things the Browns were handling and dealing with in this one. Let's go out to Joe and Kenosha. You are on Sparky's Midday Madness with Dan Plucker. Joe, give me your thoughts on the game and uh, tell me what you're feeling. Well, thank you, Dan, for letting me talk a little bit. Longtime listener. Um, these are my thoughts. Rodgers is playing with a second and third string offensive line. So once they get the lead, LaFleur wants to run the ball. Give it to Jones at second and eight. Give it to Dylan at second and seven. He's got third string offensive linemen. They are not run blockers. And I don't care how good of a runner you are. Uh, these guys can protect Rodgers for a little bit. I mean, he's quick, but what was LaFleur doing calling an end around with Equinemius St. Brown? That made zero uh, sense. <laughs> Agreed. Second and 19. That's not a Rogers call. That's a LaFleur call. So it's second and 19. What's Rogers supposed to do? The second thing is, remember, there was no scantling in this game. So there's no second wide receiver. And I keep coming back to Guttenko's never getting a second wide receiver for Rogers. Um, Cobb is out. Scantling is out. You can't count on him. So who's Rogers supposed to go to if Devontae Adams was doubled like he was the entire second half of the Browns game? So to me, it goes back to the offensive line. And I think Rogers is the only quarterback in the league that can play with second and third stringers. I mean, Ben Braden, really? <laughs> Kelly, come on. Look who he's playing with. He's got to get the ball out fast. But this whole bit about, well, let's run the ball, let's run the ball, they're not run blockers. They don't create holes. So, anyway, thanks for listening to me. I guess yeah. my other last question is, why was Kingsley Kiki benched for this game? They put in Slayton instead of Kiki. Does anybody know? I mean, he didn't have COVID. They didn't play him. So, uh, is he a run stopper or is he not a run stopper? Right. So, Joe, Joe, thanks for the call. And and I'm not sure about the, the TJ Slayton Kingsley Kiki thing, but I'll address the rest of what you were saying. I agree to a point with the running back situation because yes, this offensive line is not the offensive line that it was. I, I get that, but you have to deal with the cards that you're played to a degree. Aaron Rodgers, you have to throw the football with him. He has to get the ball out quick. I get it. But you can also not just abandon the run when you have running backs like A.J. Dillon and like Aaron Jones on this team. Because that duo is one of the, again, probably one of the top five in football in terms of one-two punches in the league. And combined, when they have 21 touches in the entire game, I take issue with that. 21 carries between the two of them in this game. That's, that's not enough. That's not enough for those two and A.J. Dillon to have nine. 
for 41 after last week and the week prior. He was the guy that kind of slowed things down, that got the offense moving for the Packers. I, I don't understand why neither of those guys got the amount of touches that they should because they were being effective when they did. They had four and a half yards a carry in this game. It's not like they they were getting stopped at the line of scrimmage for every single play. And I looked back while you were saying, uh, Joe, in that in that last uh, call that we had, he was saying, well, the Packers were getting stuffed at the line of scrimmage. Uh, no, they weren't. The Equinamia St. Brown thing made zero sense. I have no idea what that play call was. And in that situation, I, I did not get it whatsoever. But then you're, you're behind the sticks. You have to throw the football. I get it. The next drive, though, Aaron Jones, first play, seven yards. So now it's second and three. And then, yeah, they don't pick up a first down after that. But again, you have Aaron Jones and in a short yardage situation, you're not giving the ball to AJ Dillon who literally just falls twice and you pick up a first. And then the last drive of the game, true drive of the game. Uh, it was a pass and then a run from Dillon for a first down and then three straight incompletions and a punt. That was the second half for the green Bay Packers late down this stretch. And what cost them this drive, these drives. So why not give A.J. Dillon more touches? I'm one of the biggest A.J. Dillon supporters, I think, in Wisconsin sports media and in radio. I think this guy should be getting probably five, six more touches every single game because this offense runs differently and is much smoother when he is carrying the football and picking up impact yards in an impact situation in the cold weather of Lambeau Field. That's why Nick Chubb had the performance that he did. Because he is that guy for the Cleveland Browns. And you saw the impact that it had on this Packer defense having to go out there after three and outs, after three and outs, and try to stop this guy. You you saw the impact that he had. A.J. Dillon can have a similar impact. Is he as good? No, he's not as good as Nick Chubb, at least not right now. But you have to at least rely on this guy. Give him more than nine touches, nine runs in this game where you need to milk the clock. You need to pick up yardage on the ground. I get it. The offensive line, you're right, Joe, is not as good. But to just abandon the run, which it seemed like the Packers did in different situations throughout the course of this game, is confusing and puzzling to me, especially when it's not working. Adam, your thoughts? Especially, Dan, since we saw and have seen multiple times this year evidence that he can be a game-changing running back earlier this year. It seems like about midway through the season, they were prepared to fully let him ride that running game, and it does seem like it has waned back considerably these last few weeks. And uh, real quick, I did also want to mention Joe was asking about Kingsley Kiki and why he was not playing. Everything I've been able to find says he was a healthy scratch. He was not on the injury report at all. Um, they just scratched him as a healthy player. Interesting. And that that's, that's something we'll have to maybe get into with Ryan Wood tomorrow on the big show, Ray. Radio Network when he joins us in the second hour of the show. 11.05 is when he hops on with us on Tuesday to talk about Kingsley Kiki because that's a great question. I have, I have no idea why he was not in this game and why they would pick TJ Slayton over him, but there's obviously a reason for everything, and and I, I'm not going to speculate on anything in that department. Let's go ahead. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. One more call here before we hit a quick break. John in Atlanta, you're on Sparky's Midday Madness. Give me your thoughts. Should this have been this difficult for the Packers to beat the Browns on Christmas Day? Um, it's a good question. I don't know. I guess I've changed a little bit how I watch Packer football because, you know, you go back to 2011, they're 15 and one, they close everybody out. They look amazing. And then the Giants slapped in the, slapped them in the face in the, in the divisional. You know what I mean? So even if they pound the Browns, it doesn't really change my viewpoint um, at the end of the day, because January football is different from December football. So I guess I'm not overly concerned. Um, right. But you know what? I, I've been changing how I look at it now, watch games, because at the end of the day, I've been watching how the refs call these games. And from all my years of watching football when they play at Lambeau, there's usually a call or two that always goes Green Bay's way, whether they deserve it or not. The, the first game in my life that I've ever seen where the refs were not on their side a little bit was last year against Brady. And I think that, that game changed on a dime. When they didn't call that on Lazard, that, that game changes on a dime. And the reason we know that is if, if that call, that fair, you know, pass interference call, Green Bay scores there, they go up in that game last year in the NFC Championship. And we know, I just saw this the other day, Rodgers' record at home at Lambeau when they're up at halftime, 71-1-1. They don't lose that game last year. So my thing is still, how are the refs coaching these games? Because they're going to call the game. The refs flash the NFL. They're going to decide what happens this year. When you know if, if they get it at Lambeau throughout, I mean the refs are going to dictate the game. So I'm just hoping the refs we have them on, on our side this time around because last year we clearly didn't. We lost. So I, it doesn't even matter these last few weeks. At the end of the day, are the refs going to call what they should call, or are they going to swallow the whistle because that'll dictate the game in January? You know, so I guess the X and those don't mean as much anymore because they they're going to dictate the call or the game at the end of the day. John, thanks for the call. And and I don't know if there's a conspiracy out there that the referees in the NFL decide the course of every single game. I don't know if I can uh, hop aboard that train. But but what I will comment on is the way that the Packers are refed, especially with Aaron Rodgers, because it's it's interesting to me. And and I'm an outsider looking in. If if you're not aware, I'm not a Packer fan. And even though I'm talking on uh, 12:50 a.m., the fan about your Green Bay Packers right now. But it's it's puzzling to me for several reasons. Uh, well, twice in that that game against the Browns, the Packers were rewarded with an interception when holding probably should have and could have been called. Both on the closing interception by Rezul Douglas and also the first pick by uh, Darnell Savage in the first quarter. Both of those instances, there was holding, and every ref refs that play differently. Uh, some let, you know, it, it's human error. Some let people grapple, hold a little bit more. Others call it the moment that they see it. And and it's very particular that each ref refs a game differently, sees the game differently. And because of that human error, it's impossible to really know whether or not a referee chooses the outcome of a game. But when it happens twice in a game and there's reasonable justification to uh, be against it. Yeah. Uh, but it's subjective to everybody. Everybody is going to have their different opinion on how a ref referees a football game. But the one thing that I have noticed for quite some time, and this is not just in the NFL, but this is across football. And it's a credit to Aaron Rodgers for being able to play this way with the way that he uses his cadence. But I have never seen a quarterback get as many free plays as Aaron Rodgers. Never in my entire life. Because very similar situations will happen throughout football, not just in the NFL, but throughout college, the college game as well where a cadence will get a player to jump off sides and they will whistle it dead the moment that it happens. But for whatever reason with Aaron Rodgers, every single time he gets the free play, 
And and I I, I guess I need uh and I, I get it. He has a great cadence. He draws those players offside. He's excellent at it. He's maybe one of the best ever to have that kind of cadence to draw people offsides as much and as often as he does. It's unbelievable. He's mastered it. I get it. And and he has to get some credit for that. But I don't understand why other situations throughout the league, very similar things will go down and it will be called dead comparatively to Aaron Rodgers, who gets the free play so often, so often. He's figured out this system with with maybe the help of the referees in some situations, but I, I can't fully wrap my head around, and maybe I need to get a referee on this show or on the big show at some point to explain why he gets those calls and so many other quarterbacks in the NFL don't. Because that is the one point throughout the course of the Packers that I will touch on with some dignity and with some respect because I get it. He, he has mastered it. He's figured out a way, but part of me wonders how, how is he the only one? How has nobody else figured out how to do what Aaron Rodgers does to get these calls? That is the one thing that puzzles me, Adam. I got to watch some games outside of the green Bay market and see if it is really as bad as, um, well, not bad (laughs) because you are a lions fan. I am a Packers fan. So my view might be a little slanted. I love it. I oh, love every he time he gets those to go <laughs> of his course. way. And, and even as a observer, like it's fun to watch when he can throw the ball 80 yards down the field and have a free play and MVS comes down with it for a score. But I, I it, it happens at a percentage so high for him where other players, that it, it does happen occasionally, occasionally, but it seems to happen at a much higher rate for Aaron Rodgers. What I've noticed having watched him every single game for the last five years since I've lived seven years, I should say, since I've lived here in, in Milwaukee compared to me watching NFL. Cause honestly, I'm a, I'm a huge lions fan. I watch pretty much every lions game, but I watch a lot of NFL because the lions aren't very good. They don't give me a very good product to watch and they haven't throughout the course of my lifetime. So I watch a lot of other teams throughout the league as well. And, and just noticing Aaron Rodgers gets that call way more often than just about any other quarterback in the National Football League and in college football as well. It'd be really interesting, you know, how NFL films, I'm assuming they still do this, I don't 100% know for sure, but they will do team highlight videos Mm -hmm. every single year, and they'll have their players of choice that they want mic'd up, and it almost always is each team's quarterback. I think it'd be really interesting to go through the production notes on those and see if whenever Rodgers does get one of those free plays down the field, the other quarterback who's mic'd up says, man, I really wish I could get some of those every now and then. That'd be nice. He always gets <laughs> exactly. these. That'd be great. Exactly. And I think there is quite a bit of that throughout the league, that jealousy, that questioning as to why Rodgers gets that call. And he, and it's part, again, in part, he's mastered it. In part, he's a multi-time MVP and is a superstar in this league and has been pretty much since he took over for Brett Favre. But At the same time, I feel like that question has not been asked enough by players, by coaches, by officials and question to officials and NFL officiating throughout the course of his career. We do have some breaking news and and I'll give it to you next here on Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The fan, some breaking Packers news that comes up next here on Sparky's Midday Madness. Welcome back to Sparky's Midday Madness, live from the Lakeland University Studios, the leader in online education for more than 25 years, lakeland.edu. And we do have some breaking news on the fan, and breaking news is brought to you by... It's powered by Odyssey Sports and presented by BetQL. Become a better sports better. Get smarter to beat the books. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL. Dot com today. Matt LaFleur is at the microphone right now, and he just said the Packers have three or four more people that they will add to their COVID list. The names will be released this afternoon. So we now have three or four more Packer players headed to the COVID list. Do you have more, Adam? Did I miss something? Uh, Just some injury updates also on top of the COVID names. Uh, It sounds like Aaron Jones should be okay. And then discussions are still going underway this week as to if David Bakhtiari uh, and Jair Alexander will be coming back. Lafleur saying Wednesday is a target date for when they will know about Jair. And there is a chance that Josh Myers could come off of IR. Yes, I saw all of those things. And also Billy Turner 
could be the discussion for him will be on Wednesday as well. So lots to come this week. Lots of news all week long for the Green Bay Packers and good news because, you know, we're talking about the the Packers really struggling against the Browns uh, in the second half specifically of this football game. Maybe not being able to run the football, protect Aaron Rodgers with the effectiveness that they have in the past. And when you're talking about bringing back potentially two, maybe even three starting offensive linemen in the next week or two, that's big news for this Green Bay Packers team. Adding Josh Myers, even though he's a rookie, he played well those first couple of games. He was a starter on this team for a reason. And being able to put plug him back in at center, maybe Billy Turner, which when that injury happened, it looked like it could be a season ender. Now we're talking about Wednesday potentially being the day where they decide whether or not he's going to practice and play this week against the Vikings on Sunday. That's some big developments for this Packers team. Uh, Bakhtiari, I doubt that he plays this week. It's probably more of a getting back to practice type situation. And maybe it's that way for all three. But if you have those three guys back healthy for the playoffs, your offensive line and your team is in a much better situation, Adam. Don't you agree? I would probably agree with that, Dan. And also, real quick, for anyone who might be wondering when we mentioned those three to four unknown COVID names, it should be noted that Aaron Rodgers does have that 90-day testing exemption after he tested positive back on November 3rd. Correct. And Devontae also was in the protocols earlier this season. That's right. So I would be surprised if it was him as well. But who knows? He could have just been in the protocols and it may not have actually been a positive case. I don't know if he or the NFL ever or or, or the Packers, I should say, ever divulged that information. I don't believe they did. Yeah, I don't think so either. So I guess I guess we'll see how it comes down later this afternoon. Keep it tuned to the fan and you'll hear it here first. As we'll we'll break down and talk about these players that the Packers could be without on Sunday. But the good news is, and bringing it back to this, with the Packers' new rules, or the Packers, the NFL's new rules about COVID, some of these players could still be ready to go by Sunday. And we saw that last week with Tyreek Hill, who tested positive on Monday after the Chiefs game on Sunday. And he played in yesterday's game where they blew out the Steelers which was an awful game, but I guess good for the Chiefs that they, they at one point, the, the game was so bad. That Chiefs-Steelers game was so bad that at one point they cut to the Raiders and Broncos to watch Carr take three knees, and that was more exciting than what was going on in the Steelers-Chiefs game. Riveting stuff. Dude. Just unbelievable. I was watching, the, I watched that whole game, and I was like, why am I doing this to myself? This is terrible. This is miserable. And, and, but... Like I said, players have tested positive early in weeks and still been back to play on Sunday. So that's something to note with these players that we'll hear later on today out of Green Bay who have tested positive and will be missing time, at least in practice. Matt LaFleur said they are considering doing virtual meetings as well. Now, that would not pertain to practice. They would still practice whether indoor or outdoor, who knows, but they will practice uh, on the field together, but meetings would be virtual in this situation to avoid more time together and more opportunities for COVID to spread, I suppose. Where we're still not really sure how this thing spreads. So, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, but the Packers and the Browns on Sunday, it was not the performance needed. It was, they did win. They did win. I'll give them credit. They've won four straight now and they're, they're 12 and three. They're obviously doing something right. So that's, I guess, the caveat to all of this. If, the Packers were playing this these tight games and losing and, and collapsing and losing, it would be a different story. We'd be up in arms. Phone lines would be full. The Packers suck. They're not winning a Super Bowl. All of these different things. We would hear all of that from all of the Packer fans that listen to our station here on 1250 AM. The fan is it's me, Dan Plucker, filling in for Sparky on Sparky's Midday Madness and with you for the next just over three hours on 1250 AM. The fan. We would hear people just irate and furious and saying that, you know, we never should have kept Rogers and Matt LaFleur is not a good coach and all these different things. But since they keep winning, it kind of alleviates some of the damage that they have had because this team is damaged. They've been hurt all year. They're without all of these different players. It's significant. It's significant. And I, and I get that, but even so they have been able to play really solid football and blow out some teams this season. And it has not happened in the last couple of weeks. 
And, and that is my concern where they are at the point where they could blow out an opponent and they don't. And, and that is where the, the intrigue and the concern kind of comes into this conversation. 414-799-1250. Should it have been that hard for the Packers to beat the Browns? We'll talk more next here on Sparky's Midday Madness. Dan Plucker filling in. It is Sparky's Midday Madness here on 1250 AM, The Fan, but no Steve Sparky Pfeiffer today. Dan Plucker filling in the chair for him, and I'll be with you for the next three hours as well on The Rami Show, which comes up next, but I'm sorry if you don't like it, I'm still here. Uh, Nothing you can do about it. No problem, Dano. And uh, while we were in break, I did come up with two, count them, two ideas for your variant of Sparky's Midday Madness. I told you earlier I wanted to, if possible, to alliterate with all Ds, Dan, makes sense. Okay. Would look great on a t-shirt. Here, what do you think of these two? Dan's daytime dialogue Ooh. or Dan's daylight discussions? Ah. There aren't a lot of synonyms for conversation that start with D. Yeah. I was kind of literal. Yeah. So Dan's daytime dialogue or Dan's daylight discussions? That was what I got. Very good. I, I think you get a, a, a solid A. For, for the work there, Adam. I like both of them. Didn't you go to college for an English degree? I did. Yes. So I, did. I am standing in the presence of someone who is educated in the ways <laughs> of synonyms, antonyms, and whatnot. So. And alliterations. Yes. All of, the, all of the good things. Adam Roberts, other side of the glass, filling in today here on Dan's Daytime Dialogue, also known as Sparky's Midday Madness, on 1250 AM, The Fan. Uh, and we we're talking about this Packers Browns game and and if it should have really been that difficult for this Packers team and I was kind of looking over it kind of reminiscing on the Packers schedule throughout the course of the season and I think last year and the year before we talked about this team winning ugly you know this team wins ugly Um, at least they win first I'll put it that way but but this year I feel like it has been very similar and that narrative has somewhat disappeared because when you look at this Packers team they start slow, and they have ended slow in just about every single game this season. I mean, they're one of the worst first quarter teams in football. Like, they're tied with the Detroit Lions for being one of the worst teams in football at the start of games. The Detroit Lions. Your Detroit Lions. The worst team in football, arguably. Is just as good as the Green Bay Packers, who are the top team in football right now in the first quarter. Yeah, I've uh, got some of Toby's show notes from when he did uh, the Bart Winkler show. And yeah, nine games, zero points in the first quarter. And he's got the numbers going back all the way to week 10. No score against the Seahawks, three points against the Vikings, seven against the Rams, none against the Bears. They were down three to nothing in the first quarter of that game and down seven to nothing to Baltimore week 15. And it was seven to six against the Browns. Exactly. It's 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 a trend now. And and even late in games as well, the Packers have not been great. I mean, I look back throughout the course of this season. Obviously, week one will just erase and forget against the Saints. But that Lions game, they started slow against the Lions. The Lions hung around and then they pulled away late uh in that one. Against the 49ers, they needed late heroics to beat San Francisco. And to hit that field goal to win at a time where San Francisco, mind you, was not a good football team. Steelers, they won handily. Bengals, I mean, that was the week Mason Crosby was missing everything. And it was a miss battle between them and and the Bengals kicker, uh, whose name is escaping me right now. But the two of them were going back and forth, missing field goal after field goal, even into overtime. It was a messy game that the Packers wound up winning. Another ugly win, you could say. Even that Bears win, the first one at Soldier Field, it took a couple late touchdowns in that one to win. Washington football team, they didn't look very well, very good in that game either. Even against the Cardinals, I mean, talk about late game heroics, that pick from Roswell Douglas, had that not happened, the the Cardinals win that football game, and we're talking about maybe a different season because the next week Rodgers had COVID, and they nearly beat the Chiefs still, despite Jordan Love being the starting quarterback in that game. Uh, Seahawks, whatever, they're the Seahawks. The loss to the Vikings, and then these last four weeks where they have started and ended games very poorly. But yet... 
we are not talking about this team winning ugly, even though they're still doing it. it, it and it's frustrating. It's not a narrative this year. All the other years, oh, this team wins ugly. Oh, they're not a Super Bowl team. Oh, this, all that. But now this year they're doing it in a very similar fashion. And I feel like that discussion is no longer being had. Maybe it's, we've just grown accustomed to it. I don't know. I don't know why we don't get those same callers from a year ago that shouted at everybody saying that this team was no longer good. But this year it's totally different. Maybe it's because it's the last dance and we're thinking this is the last time that Aaron Rodgers is here potentially in his career. And that changed the narrative throughout the course of the season. And they're winning football games. I get it. They're 12 and three. They're winning football games in the past. But they're winning, I would say, just as ugly over the last several weeks and even dating back to the beginning of this season, they're winning in similar fashion than they have in the last two years under Matt LaFleur. And that discussion's no longer being had. It's this team's the best team in the NFL and they're winning the Super Bowl. I've heard that so many times from so many different people this year, but I just don't see the difference. I don't see the difference. And I get it. They're doing it and they're doing an incredible job and they deserve all the credit for being this good, winning this many games, being 12 and three without six pro bowlers without an offensive line that has much experience and mostly second stringers are people that were not wanted throughout the course of the league. I get that. And it's remarkable what they have done, but it's puzzling to me that the same discussions that we had had over the last two years are no longer being made this season. It's, it's interesting. Well, it, well, I guess, guess this is the end of the show here on Sparky's Midday Madness. So Sparky's Midday Madness is over. The Rami show comes up next and you'll never guess who the host is. It's, it's also me. I'm with you for another three oh, hours my goodness. here on 1250 AM. The fan we will have some more fun. Talk with Gary Ellerson, do a lot of different things on the Rami show. That's next here on 1250 AM. The fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.